They banned her for allegedly taking a picture for this is a simple picture. And I cost, I guess, quote unquote, there was white nationalists in the picture. You know, I, I never seen so many white nationalists hang with people of uh, minorities, people of color, wherever you want to call them, non-whites. <laughs> I, I don't I don't get it. Man. These the friendliest <laughs> white nationalists <laughs> ever to exist. <laughs> And isn't it interesting, Jack, that the answer for so many issues on the left is just don't have children. The climate's getting bad, don't have kids. The economy's bad, don't have kids. All right. Hey, hello. Welcome to another fine, great, good, grand, wonderful episode of the Austro-Jeffersonian Empire of Liberty podcast. Mr. Manger. Today I thought we'd take it easy, have a little fun with Twitter as it happens. And I say that because this in no way requires a deep study to cover, but rather just uh, some thoughts, some amusement to go around. So there's a tweet thread by Ashley St. Clair, and um, just as an introduction, to who she is. Apparently, she used to work for Turning Point USA when this photo showed up with her next to alleged white nationalist anti-Semite types. Uh, she got canned over there, and I guess that's just the way Con Inc. works. I'm not sure that they give you so much as a chance to say, now wait a minute, that very picture, as I have linked, um, it's not just all white people in that single picture, so I mean, there's no redeeming factor to it whatsoever. I mean, does she even know these people? Do they have any history whatsoever? I guess if you're really trying to shake down a conning figure... Then that's all you really need to say is, ooh, she was next to, you know, these people. I've I've heard of Nicholas Fuentes, and I know he's provocative. I don't know um, really how seriously he fits the bill, <laughs> necessarily. Um, Jacob Wool, the other one, don't really know anything about him. He's called a right-wing operative in this Washington Examiner article. But to further the point, and I have this picture posted, and, you know, not everyone in it looks like they have their origins in Europe, let's say. You know, so... I mean, are, are we going to go after them, too? Or is this just something we do... It only applies to conning figures. The rules are the rules. I don't know. I guess you find out when you walk the line in any which way. Uh, what's she doing now? It's kind of hard to say. On her Twitter profile, uh, she puts Babylon B in the um, website reference. And if you go to Babylon B, you look up her name, there's nothing there. How about that? On the Gitter profile... Uh, it says, 
ArsenalMediaGroup.com. I know nothing about it. Uh, try to do a quick click around over there. I don't see your face. Don't know nothing about any possible affiliation. Okay, with all that fun, fine, dandy stuff out of the way, let's actually open the Twitter thread, because this is what initially caught my eye. So tweet one. Politics is a cesspool of useless people. The Trump versus DeSantis lunacy highlights this. Over 61% of Republican voters believe Biden didn't win the 2020 election. Yet nothing significant has changed since 2020 in terms of election transparency and the way in which we vote. Going on number two, despite this, half of my feet is midwits screaming about Trump versus DeSantis. Why should I vote? If you truly believe an election was rigged, that America's elections are run like a banana republic. What the hell are you fighting about candidates for? Why are you complacent? Number three, why are you not spending every waking moment calling for election transparency? Why are you not calling for systemic changes and creating systems for that change? The left is doing more over a subway crackhead who kidnapped a seven-year-old girl. Number four, They've exploited our tribalism to bastardize our consciousness and profit off of the most animalistic part of our being. We're not being resourceful as we were intended to be. The French had a one million person tizzy over the retirement age being raised by two years. Number five. While you beg to be able to afford eggs, here's how others are cashing out. Trump has raised over $35 million in 2023 alone. DeSantis is sitting on $110 million, allegedly. CNN's revenue is $2 billion annually. Fox News' revenue is $14 billion annually. Six, do you think these people are spending your money better than you are? How useless is the entire Republican Party that Scott Pressler is paid nothing. Scott, the man who single-handedly helped register tens of thousands voters across the country, including at gas stations, when prices were at a 40-year high, is paid zero dollars. And seven, the real power and change does not come from a politician. It comes from us, which is why they want us fractured, and disenfranchised. The truth is, one day, there will be no Trump. There will be no DeSantis. The only thing left will be the systems which you refuse to fix for your children and future generations. So that's a pretty solid analysis in on election transparency, and quite frankly, I have pretty much nothing to add other than what I've said before my previous episodes. I, um, if you go to the Michael Cohen episode, nearly half of that, I cover the problems with Dominion systems. And these were actually brought about by Democrats who are at least ostensibly concerned about the voting systems before the switch came and it became a Republican talking point, you know, with Donald Trump spearheading it. 
Now, downwards on the uh, tweet thread for Ashley Sinclair, she says, AI is so trad. And I've been looking at AI a little bit. Uh, but the headline says, AI-threatened jobs are mostly held by women, study shows. A couple bullet points listed. First one, executive secretaries, payroll clerks, are dominated by women. Second one, gender distribution across occupations reflects society's bias. Now, wait a minute. You're telling me already that AI is stereotypical? AI, which also faces accusations of being too uh, lefty in terms of their biases. Now, there's ups and downs with AI. I've managed to find some amusement in creating some really basic... Well, creating... Uh, coming up with some basic um, art. It makes it a lot easier to get that out of the way and be more creative, I guess you could say, and lend less time to the partial AI of the uh, PixArt program, which is essentially Photoshop for the non-artist in a lot of ways. But I mean, the downside, before we even get into serious issues like um, the potential for privacy invasion and all kinds of market disruptions, um, the upset the big one, I guess, so far is seeing this ad on Facebook that said, hey, why don't you use AI, use this little program, and it'll essentially write a song for you. And of course, you're thinking, wait a minute, if there should be a category of human endeavors, endeavors from the human heart, you would think songwriting, right? I mean, will everything cross the line into AI? including the expression of the human soul. I suppose that's possible. There's a great video which was recently put out by James Hargreaves, who runs a, an excellent YouTube channel, covers a lot of British rock music. He did an analysis on Noel Gallagher's most recent single to date called Council Skies, in which he made all kinds of comparisons to his other new material and basically said this comes off as a copy-paste job, whether in theory or coincidence. And it's more doubtable that there's a coincidence. It might be which kind of theory you can crack. And perhaps the most cynical one is you take what's already been constructed and you ask AI what to do with the next one. And, I mean, it's a good ticket out of development hell for the creator. Maybe not so much of an escape it should be for the listener. But, uh, yeah, so back to this article from Bloomberg in which Ashley St. Clair cites. Don't actually go to the Bloomberg.com page. I have you linked to uh, one that's actually free to read. Same exact article. What's the complaint? Who's the writer? The headline again is AI threatened jobs are mostly held by women. Study shows by Diana Lee. And as I'm reading this, this article isn't even a day old yet. So it begins by saying, while artificial intelligence is seeding upheaval across the workforce, 
from screenwriters to financial advisors, the technology will disproportionately replace jobs typically held by women, according to human resources analytics firm Revelio Labs. Uh, interjection. Hey, I, I wonder if they use AI themselves. That'd be interesting. Okay, back to the article. The distribution of genders across occupations reflects the biases deeply rooted in our society, with women often being confined to roles such as administrative assistants and secretaries, said Haki Ozdenaran, economist at Revelio Labs. So, of course, she's from uh, this place that's doing the human resources analytics. Ozdenaran adds, Consequently, the impact of AI becomes skewed along gender lines. Revelio Labs identified jobs that are most likely to be replaced by AI based on a study by the National Bureau of Economic Research. They then identified the gender breakdown of those jobs and found that many of them are generally held by women, such as bill and account collectors payroll clerks, and executive secretaries. And this is going to be the last uh, paragraph I'm going to read. Advances in AI are aggravating gender disparity in the global workforce, where companies are considering cutting some staff and leveraging generative AI in their workflow. International Business Machines Corp. recently said it's slowing down hiring for roles that can be easily replaced by AI in back-office functions, such as human resources. Chief Executive Officer Arvind Krishna predicts that as many as 30% of these positions could be replaced by automation over five years, potentially resulting in a loss of around 7,800 jobs. So, I mean, isn't it an interesting phenomenon that AI is being accused of biases. AI does not have a conscience, a human conscience. It may theoretically reflect one, of course, by its creator. But to kind of pin it down as this exemplar of a seriously flawed systemic uh, social conscience um, is quite a stretch on the face of it. Another point, too, I wonder, you know, just because Opportunity A comes to a close, supposing this is all accurate, Opportunity B might arrive and could potentially even be a better opportunity and a better fit and a result of the innovation created by the creative destruction in the economy. And perhaps this might open the doors women as a whole might consider a different career path after looking at these potentially worthless, not worthless, but worthless opportunities, less worthwhile opportunities. I'm trying to find the, uh, the right way to pin this down, but that'll have to suffice. Now, all this is interesting at the arrival of ESG, which I don't know how many years this has really been a thing, but it's been kicked into high gear. 
And speaking of ESG, Politico has a recent article entitled Insurers Retreat Under Anti-ESG Fire. So let me go ahead and preface this before I read it. Um, I would say, although this is technically a breakaway, say, from your libertarian orthodoxy, if you subscribe to the, um, the, the constraints of Rothbardianism, it's a source of pressure to restore meritocracy above identitarianism. Of course, my question here is, well, how do you do that with Rothbardianism? I'm starting to have all kinds of doubts about that. All right, let's go ahead and open this article. It's by Deborah Kahn and Jordan Woolman. Foreign-based insurers are getting a taste of the anti-ESG medicine that Republican policymakers have been serving to U.S. financial firms, and they're clearly not enjoying it. European insurers are pulling out of the UN-convened Net Zero Insurance Alliance over concerns that red states' antitrust allegations could hurt their businesses. Bloomberg reported Wednesday that the group was holding a meeting to discuss recent departures a week after 23 Republican attorneys general sent letters to members of the group raising antitrust concerns. So, of course, to put this in perspective, that's nearly half the attorneys general in the country 23 out of 50. Now, ESG is said to derive from the UN, and although I don't claim expertise inside and out, I understand the Open Society by George Soros tends to dictate a good share of the direction. It's essentially an affirmative action social credit system that seems to override the meritocracy of old the profitability of old in favor of the power motive. Should everything in our society be politicized? Well, if we can't ensure election integrity, I don't think that's a good thing. This has been another episode of the Austro-Jeffersonian Empire of Liberty podcast. I'm Mr. Manger. Thanks again for listening.